1: Welcome back to Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason. I'm a guy in medium recovery. And
0: I'm Billy. I'm a person in quarantine recovery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: quarantine. That's a good one. Uh, so we wanted to start off this week. Uh, we're definitely going to get into this whole topic of different types of uh, specialty meetings. But we want to start off, we got an email from uh, Selena. And it was just, it was really nice. It, it talked about how the podcast impacted her life and how she's been running and, you know, she's been listening to us while she runs and she ran like 22 miles last week, which is incredible because, wow, I <laughs> <laughs> might have run 22 miles my entire life. if <laughs> um, I added them all together. <laughs> right. And she just, she talked about how not having, you know, meetings, not having her church service uh, or being able to get to that recently and, and just having this conversation in her ear made her feel a little more connected and a little more tied into recovery principles and, and it just anytime we get an email like this man it, it touches me that somebody would take the time to type up you know a, a four paragraph email to send us that they appreciate us uh it doesn't always feel like we're appreciated for sure <laughs> in any aspect of my life i don't know about you so i i was i was really thankful about it and i just wanted to thank selena and
0: uh yeah that's awesome thank you very much
1: it's very kind And so, you know, now that we've mentioned that, uh, this week's topic, it started off um, with a random kind of text message from you to me, and I will let you tell that story. Uh, Okay, so I was
0: uh, Facebook messaging back and forth with a former sponsor um, who's out in California. We were conversing back and forth about some meetings and you know, he was asking me kind of about some different people that were still in the area, um, you know, that he remembered. He had been in this area about 10 to 12 years ago. Um, and he was bringing up some different members hey, how so and so, how so and so. And it sort of pretty quickly, you know, came to be that probably only one or two out of about five people that he mentioned to me were still like actively involved in NA and connected to. N.A., people that would be, you know, considered old timers and that we went back and forth a little bit about, you know, how it seems like uh, N.A. has a hard time keeping uh, the dinosaurs, the old timers, you know, connected to the fellowship, connected to the program. Why we thought that might be Um, wasn't a very deep conversation, but it was just kind of messaging back and forth. His take was that, you know, we have this kind of saying in. Uh, Narcotics Anonymous, that is, you know, the newcomer is the most important person at any meeting because we can only keep what we have by giving it away. Um, He didn't quite agree with that philosophy, and that, I guess, in looking a little bit into it, seems to be pretty a unique saying to N.A., I guess. Other fellowships that I know of, at least in his opinion, A.A. doesn't share that same philosophy as the newcomer being the most important person. Um, But anyway, we got into, you know, what, you know, the sort of primary purpose of the meetings, how you keep old timers connected. Um, And so I had kind of messaged Jason about some of that. And then that sort of turned into uh some conversation about specialty meetings. And should we have them? Maybe we should have, you know, old timers meetings where you only allow people with 20 years or more to share, or, you know, topic meetings where it might be topics just about long-term recovery.
1: It's funny. So I I remember when I got to N.A. and somebody said, oh, one program, one disease, one fellowship, one set of steps to answer the problem and all that. Like, why would you ever go anywhere else besides N.A., no matter what symptom of your addiction happens to be, you know, presenting itself right now? Like, yeah, we deal with drug addiction, but our steps also treat, you know, if you're acting out sexually, if you're acting out with gambling, like our steps include all of that. And, uh, I remember thinking, yeah, I'll never go anywhere else. Right. This is all I need. And then later on, way later on, somebody gave me the opinion, Hey, uh, that's kind of only in your area that people believe this, that NA is all you need. Like in other areas, they say, if one 12 step fellowship is good, then five is better. And I was like, Oh, really? Like I had no idea. Other people thought differently. And so My instant reaction to this conversation is, uh, I've always heard that, like, there was this guy, uh, in my old area who was trying to, uh, rumor had it, I don't even know if this is really true, Hmm. rumor had it, he was trying to start a meeting for people with 20 years plus, um, and and I don't doubt it, I mean, it seemed kind of fitting for him, and I I used to think, what a jerk, right? (laughs) Like, you can't do that, you're excluding people, that's not okay, um, and then as I got a little bit more time, I started to see some meetings and ways meetings worked. And I was like, oh, I kind of understand why he wants this 20 right. plus years meeting. Uh, still offended by it because I'm not able to go, <laughs> but I get it. Uh, but but I could see now how just my once uh, very steady opinion about life or how things should work is definitely a lot more open now to, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe things aren't so concrete. And so... Um, just asking around on Twitter this morning, got lots of answers because I wasn't completely sure that this was a AA thing too. Um, but Liz and and Sir Endred and Maria and uh, Sheryls and my buddy Spicy Queso Man Paul and Doreen and Barb all assured me that like this is definitely universal to to twelve step yeah. programs. It's not uh, unique for NA. And I remembered, um, you know, there's some other fellowships that definitely do this too. And so this this started a, a huge conversation about it. And so where where do you stand? Like basically, if old timer meetings are okay, then we gotta be okay with also the men's raps and the women's raps and the LGBT meetings, LGBTQ, sorry, uh, and and maybe youth meetings and, and all these sorts. So where what is your stance on these meetings? Cause I have personally always held that something's wrong with them. They shouldn't be there.
0: Yeah. And at times, so I've gone back and forth, and uh, I don't, it's funny. I say I go back and forth, but yet ever since I got clean in this area, we've had specialty meetings and no one ever balked at it. Um, and when I say that, we used to have a meeting actually in the area, it's actually not around anymore but it was over in Harford County, the next county over, still part of our area, called Youth and Recovery. And that was the name of the meeting, you know, Youth right. in Recovery. So, you know, everyone always supported that meeting and thought it was a great thing. But if you had talked about opening... A men's meeting or a women's meeting, people had very strong opinions about why you couldn't do that. But a youth meeting was fine, you know. <laughs> so, so it's weird, and it, it, for whatever reason, I guess it, maybe because there's an IP that's about youth and recovery, so we feel like that one's okay. You know, right. we don't have a men's only IP, so that's not okay. <laughs> you know, who knows where we draw these weird arbitrary lines
1: but ip is informational pamphlet for yeah, those not for a an
0: informational pamphlet on and now it's called something else i don't think they call it youth and recovery anymore it's got a new for young people for young addicts something like that right anyway um but yeah so i have sort of changed and become more open-minded in my approach and part of that is you know i think in general um we have a level of I'm going to call it arrogance. And of course I have it too. We all have it. I think most of us where we think that the way that we're doing it is the rightest of right ways Mm. and that this is how it should be. And that if it's okay for me, it should be okay for everyone else. Right. And I have a tendency to have a very narrow scope and a limited view with only my worldview, you know, shining through. It's like looking through a, looking through a scope, you know, my, my view is so narrow. And when I say that, just look at something like, you know, in all of our literature, they make suggestions about having a sponsor. I don't think it ever really talks in the basic text anywhere about actually writing steps. Um, The word actually writing out of the steps, I don't believe is in the basic text anywhere. It talks about working the steps.
1: Well, we write. It talks about the way to write a four-step So it it does say for some
0: for the fourth step. But and I guess where I'm going with that is, you know, we talk about a lot of these things being suggestions, but then there's a lot of hardcore people that would say, well, they're not fucking suggestions. They're what you need to do. And you can't work steps without a sponsor. Well, guess what? There are probably some people that work steps without a sponsor. There are probably some people that say, you know, oh, well, I read the first step. I'm going to go meditate on it this weekend. And when I come back Monday. I work step one, and that's good. And, you know, my immediate knee-jerk reaction is to go, well, that's fucking wrong. You didn't really work the step. That's not correct. But I don't have that right. Right. You know what I mean? If that works for them and that they're, you know, um, if they have stopped using, lose the desire to use and find a new way to live, then who am I to say, well, you're working the program wrong. But we do it constantly. You know, we do that kind of thing constantly. And I think we tend to do the same thing with these meetings and traditions. Well, this, this meeting should be this way because that's what works for me. And it should be good for everyone else.
1: Well, it, it is. And and not to say, uh, look, self-righteousness is a core part of my story. Unfortunately, like I'd like to be a different person who is much more accepting, but I'm not always. Um, but I will say that, you know, when I read traditions and and they say things like our hard won experience, right. And like this that the traditions will keep us from getting wrapped up in things that could destroy our fellowship. I do think, Oh damn, this shit must be important. Like, let me pay attention and not go against these because that's not gonna be beneficial to this program. Right. So I I think there's a level of importance to it. I also think you're right. Like, don't take ourselves too seriously or as if we are the ultimate authority for sure. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I, I I don't say that there's a real answer. I know I am much more open to the topic now for a while, a good while I was like, this is ridiculous. I was using like one quoted line out of one of our pieces of literature as my reasoning for why this was terrible. Uh, and, and definitely, I don't want to say boycotted, but avoided, you know, specialty meetings for the most part. Um, Just from my general knowledge, I try my best to avoid specialty meetings throughout my recovery. I I know I've been to an LGBTQ meeting because it happened to be near my house early on, and I didn't really care. Um, I did go to a men's rap once or twice, but I generally try to avoid that. Uh, I've probably been to more women's raps on people's anniversaries (laughs) than men's raps, honestly. Um, It's just not really my belief that it's a great idea or something that I personally need. when I got clean, you know, we had men's wraps. They just weren't official meetings. It was the 45 minute drive to the meeting and the 45 minute drive away from the meeting because I was hanging out with the guys in my sponsorship family. And so I guess, like you said, I took that small scope of this is what worked for me and said, Y'all don't fucking need men's and women's raps. You do that on your own time. The meeting is for everyone. It's for the still suffering addict. It's for the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop using. And all these, these great wonderful quotes that I can throw at people to try to belittle them into thinking my way is writer. <laughs> um, And so I don't know. So we we posted this question. We kind of wanted to get a general consensus of where people in the fellowship uh, might stand on this. And we posted it on Facebook and got a lot of very interesting slash informed slash intelligent opinions on it, I think. I I was really impressed. There was no bashing, no arguing, a lot of curiosity, a lot of questioning and and I was really appreciative, man. I I love when we can come together and have a conversation along those lines. That that means a lot to me. Um and so we started my buddy Skip, he said anyone may join us regardless of sexual identity, creed, religion or lack of religion. Sound familiar? Uh, And he also said, you know, he's careful about giving his opinion, but confident about what our literature says. So what's your take on that? How do you I I feel like you're pretty open to having these specialty meetings. I might be a little less open, even though I'm like, okay, they're here. Fuck it. I'm not going to be mad at them anymore. I'm (laughs) still not big on them personally. Um, So what's your take on him kind of arguing my side of the street just a little bit? Well, and and this is,
0: you know, where it gets into some questioning things maybe you can answer for him. But what, when you say, you know, anyone may join, how does, you know, one – does that mean you should have the right to join every meeting all the time no matter
1: what? Okay, so – Or does that
0: mean you have the right to join the fellowship? As a
1: whole, right? No, and I get that. So I was reading, and this kind of struck me interesting, uh, or struck me as interesting. Recently, I was reading the group booklet Mm -hmm. uh, for a whole other purpose to try to prove someone else wrong. (laughs) It's the only time I research. Only time I I research. Right? What I want? Hell yeah! (laughs) Uh, And so I was researching the group booklet, and it said it mentioned the distinction between the meeting and the group, and how those are two different things. But it wasn't talking about the group as in the fellowship as a whole either it was talking about basically like if you and i got together we form a we can form a group right when we choose to meet and our regular meeting is one piece of that but the group itself is not the meeting and so i was i don't know that distinction kind of sticks out to me as being weird so yeah.
0: And not okay. uh, just to go down a little bit with that. So when I did some research into some AA and their history on this, that is a very clear distinction in their descriptive of of some of this. that you can't have special interest groups, but you can have, you know, they call them special composition, mm. which whatever that means. Um because they
1: talk in fifteen hundred <laughs> English. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. you can have special composition meetings, but not special groups. So, so they distinguish
1: that. So yeah. I'm just trying to picture what that looks like. So you and I decide we're going to form a home group, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to form a group and it's going to be our home group. And so we say, okay, uh, we're the, you know, surviving Friday night meeting uh, or surviving Friday night group. All right, And we're the only two members and we'll allow members into our group conscience, but they can't attend our meeting on Friday night. Like I don't I can't picture how the hell that works. Well, and that becomes
0: another not to get too off of this because I want to stay here for a minute. But just to, to clarify again, some of this gets to be where are you drawing these, you know, kind of lines or or rules? You know what I know of, at least in this area, it's always been with what I'll call the special interest meetings is anyone's allowed to go they're never going to lock the door and say you have to leave or you're not welcome or there's not a fucking secret code when you show up right you know we have a meeting called a women's rap we have a meeting called a men's rap if a woman shows up to the men's rap no one's going to tell them they need to leave if that person comes in and says look i'm going to use i got nowhere to go can i come into the meeting you know it's an open meeting for anyone just the topics and the discussion of the meeting you know in general which Funny enough, the men's rap meeting reads out of the, we do recover book in our area. So whatever, it's not even specifically men oriented discussion, but <laughs> it's called a men's rap. Um, maybe you're just getting men's take on it. I don't know. Oh I, I don't think the testicular much about it anymore. Uh, yeah.
1: observations,
0: <laughs> but you know, is, I mean, I would say if you had a group that was not letting people come, that that would be bad. I mean, if you told people you're not welcome here. Um, I feel like those things would be a violation of our traditions. But to say that we have a meeting that centers around specific topics is what's wrong with that? We do that with other specific topics and who gets to decide what specific topics are important enough. You
1: know, no, absolutely. I think you take us down uh, just to skip around a little in these comments. Chris had said something along those lines. He said, you know, the same people can join us regardless of any of their circumstances. And then he said, I think it's bullshit. If someone goes to a meeting and gets turned away for any reason, and if any group does that shame on them, it can cost them their life. Right. And so we had a little back and forth. I said, I don't think most groups are turning people away if they happen to show up and they're new and don't understand the difference between women's and men's. I really don't think that's happening often. I'm sure it has happened. I don't think it's the norm. Right. Um, and he said it's come up with conversations before and he's met people who were turned away. Um, not in, you know, the specific area he's in, but he has heard of people being turned away. Like I said, I'm sure somebody somewhere has gotten turned away at some point. Um, and then, so another guy commented under a buddy of mine, Mike, and he said, if I go to a women's rap and they say you can stay, but they also give me a schedule and tell me to go to a different meeting the following week, what are they implying that I can't be there? So like we're talking about this requirement for membership. He says it's a violation of the third tradition. Why can't we just be addicts? He said, what's next? I'll start a ginger meeting just for red redheads. I don't do well with women. And have little experience with gay people. What a great place to interact and get a better understanding of someone who's different than me. Diversity is our strength. I don't like the separation and labeling. I'm an addict called Mike, right? And I, I love people who can be bold in their in their you know statements and beliefs. I kind of am bold in my statements and beliefs, and yet don't ever want to voice it without being diplomatic <laughs> for some reason. So I I kind of appreciate both of those sides of it, but. Right. I, I think he's got a point. So yeah, okay, we're not turning them away week one, but we are telling them, implying at least telling them don't come back. So what is like, the women's rap in this area would accept a guy who showed up for a meeting. Absolutely. But do you think they would encourage him to come back the next week and continue to come to their meeting? Or would they encourage him to go somewhere else?
0: Uh, I don't necessarily know that they would do either. I can say there was a guy that was going to that meeting for several weeks in the beginning. Um, so, you know, the only reference I have to your I question you. is that that isn't what happened. At, I mean, he knew it was a women's meeting and he went anyway. And right. no one ever said, you can't come back. You know what I mean? That just never happened.
1: So, um, so maybe, and I so- don't
0: know. It, it was probably more on, you know, I don't know. It just it didn't happen that way in in what in my one limited. I, and I like, only know because my wife was in that group, so I only kind of know about that's what happened. And I would say he showed up again. She's like, yeah, I, you know, And she, <laughs> had a meeting and went along, and no, you know, and fair <laughs> enough. And what so happened.
1: I would say your wife is pretty open and, and inclusive, and I would say she's kind of the lead. Or yeah, was probably, the lead of that yeah. group. So people are going to follow in her footsteps. And so if she says, you know what, all are welcome because I, that's completely her personality, then nobody's going to tell him to go away. I guarantee that there's meetings in my old area where the women definitely said, This is not for you for next week. Right. I I, I know those people down there, and that's probably right. how they felt about it. Uh so I get that that's not your experience with the one experience up here, but when we're talking about the only requirement for membership or or anyone may join us, a sexual identity, right? When we're speaking about that and we say there is a meeting who is asking you not to come back next week, what does, how does that affect that?
0: So I look at it as joining the, you know, the program or the fellowship as a whole, and I have in this area, 30 some other meetings that I can go to and plenty of opportunity to join. Um, you know, can I join that? Sp- well, I don't know. I, I mean, in, in, again, in my belief and understanding of the traditions, I can still join that group if I want. Um, how comfortable and stuff that's going to be for me? Eh, probably not too comfortable. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so I would, ho- I mean, when I talk to people about finding a home group and joining a home group, I always tell them, go to a bunch of meetings, see which one you feel the most comfortable at, see which one you feel like you connect with the people with and join that meeting.
1: You- I would
0: say the same <laughs> thing applies there. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: Who gets to decide if I'm too old to join a youth meeting? That's well, what that's I want to know.
0: So, and I was going <laughs> to laugh about that. So I first got clean. I was 26. And I right. felt like I was too old to go to the youth or recovery. <laughs> be- like now I feel like that's exactly probably where I could have been. But I was like, oh, I'm, t- I'm 26. Like I'm too old to be at a youth or recovery <laughs> meeting. But, uh, y- you know, and and back to I think it was you know, Mike about the ginger meeting and all that. I mean, and I hate to, I don't want to be too overly bold in my statement, but shocker, Mike, it's not about you. It's about other people and how do they feel and do LGBT. Do you honestly believe you've been to enough meetings in this area? Do you honestly believe an openly gay person would feel comfortable in most meetings around here to share about homosexual experiences or homosexual issues?
1: I think I've seen uh, someone that's homosexual share in a couple of meetings in this area. I mean, they're around. They've been around. We've had people. Cecil County isn't quite that uh, terrible, I guess. I I think we're a little more open. The recovery community. Maybe I'm dating
0: myself a little bit. Maybe maybe it's a little more open in the last couple years. I I can tell you I've seen racist comments. I've seen sexist comments. You know, and when I say that, I don't mean just. You know, on the sly. I mean, openly, like and, right. you know, as an open attitude. In what I would consider this this county, like it or not, is a little dated in some of our general beliefs as far as racism, um, open homosexuality. We are generally a very uh, conservative Christian community. <laughs> you know, with a history of. <clears throat> overt racism. Right. <laughs> so to say that homosexuals and, and, you know, even blacks or, you know, people of any minority, any ethnicity, not white Christian um, in this general community, the recovery community is probably a little more open. Yes. And I would mostly attribute that to the introduction of recovery houses we're getting a lot more outside influence in the last five years than we've had in a long time
1: right right and so okay so all this mike's comment your comments they're kind of tying us into some other people's comments on here i'm gonna try to wrap that in when i can (laughs) it's hard to keep up with all of it though so the next one ginger said sometimes those meetings give people with similar experiences a place to share more deeply than they might elsewhere um for example i'm not sure i want to hear my pilot or doctor give specific details about their adventures. They are more likely to be honest with other doctors or pilots. However, there's, I'm, she's trying to say they shouldn't do only those types of meetings. It can give them a place to hide depending on group dynamics be dangerous. Right. And so what I'm, what I'm seeing here, I don't know, man. Cause okay. Yeah could somebody possibly get more honest in a women's rap than she could in a men's rap? Excuse me. Um, yes, because they might have, I don't know. I'm really, I'm so like torn on this one, right? Because I get that you're going to share similar experiences with other women and from a women's view. But I think the cool thing about NA is that I can come and connect with somebody that's nothing like me because we already have the similar experience of being addicts right? That's our connection. And I get to hear, Oh my God, you look nothing like me on the outside. And yet we have so much in common. That's incredible to me. Um, but that's
0: making an assumption that if we have these meetings that we're going to isolate our people down to just those meetings, you know what I mean? Like just because we have a men's rap or a women's rap or whatever, a couple's meeting doesn't mean that that, is absolutely the only meeting those people are ever going to go to. And it's the only time you're ever going to hear from them. And that that's the limitations of recovery.
1: Well, it's not, I can't
0: go to that meeting and sit in and participate and listen and be respectful and maybe just choose not to share.
1: And I hear you. Um, well, and she mentioned, she cautions against only doing those type of meetings because that might be, you know, dangerous or a place to hide. So I say this, uh, I get where a woman or, or LGBTQ person might feel not safe in a normal meeting. I can understand that. I, I don't think men's meetings, especially white men's meetings, unfortunately, because we're the norm, right? We don't have right. to feel unsafe anywhere to some extent. That's not completely true. But basically, we don't have the limitations that some other you know minority groups might have on their safety. So I can understand where they might need a meeting where they can feel a little safer to share. That kind of makes sense. But if I am somebody in the LGBTQ community and I'm in a thriving recovery community like Baltimore area and there is LGBTQ meetings every night and I'm always comfortable there, why would I go anywhere else? Right. Then I become the person who only watches or or associates with people who talk about things they agree with, and I lose the outside opinion, right? I, I find this problem with, with people who only watch uh, certain news channels for their political agenda and only surround themselves with people who are like-minded on Facebook. They don't ever get any other external input to be a part of their life. And so if people are only in one type of meeting, they're limiting the, the, what they can hear, what is possible.
0: But if you're practicing the traditions and the steps in your life, what difference does it make if you're only hearing from other gay people? If you're still loving, kind, compassionate and and going out and living a spiritual life outside of meetings, then who cares if the only I mean, let's take it to this point. I go to my home groups pretty much the only meeting I regularly go to. Um, And for some members in my home group, I can tell you it's the only meeting that they go to, and it's the only meeting that they've gone to for years. We are very small. We have a very influx of diverse opinions. You know, it's predominantly white men, (laughs) and uh, there's seven or eight, the same, you know, eight to 12 of us there every week, unless it's somebody's anniversary they're not getting a vast diversity of opinions and inputs into their
1: recovery. And I think that stimulates growth. And I mean, it doesn't stimulate growth.
0: Well, what I'm saying is if they are still practicing these principles to the best of their ability in all their affairs, I don't feel like that necessarily limits their life. It might make them a little more closed minded. It might mean they're not necessarily as broad perspective in society as they could be or should be, but that doesn't mean that they're, you know, damaged in their recovery or that they're in some way.
1: Okay. So I hear you. Right. And I disagree because I would say that uh, especially people in an area such as this, who are Mm -hmm. raised with parents who come from an area such as this, who all have not all where there's a lot of opinions about, you know, certain things being right or wrong, certain people being less or inferior uh, and we need to combat that. You don't combat that by not being around those people. Right. Right. I had the opportunity to do some internship and some different things in in a predominantly minority community, right? And I took it as a huge opportunity because I might be the only exposure some of these people get to a kind white person. A lot of white people that people deal with in, in that setting, in a complete minority setting, is people who have power over them, people who are gatekeepers over, you know, what things they can access and what things they can't. And so, you know... When I get opportunities like that, I need to expose people that, hey, not every white person is a dick, right? I need to be that example of there are people who give a shit about you. There are people who aren't racist. There are people who are worth talking to. And through those interactions and examples, people do get a broader perspective. If you've never had a good interaction with someone of a different you know gender or, or ethnicity or um sexual preference, you're not gonna be as open to them. You're not gonna be as able to practice spiritual principles there because you're still gonna harbor things that go on uh or, or you've grown up with because you've never had a chance to attack them or address them. Do you not see that? Um
0: or? so I agree with everything that you said, but I don't necessarily understand how that specific I mean that's like great rules to live by but i don't specifically understand how that is tied into narcotics anonymous or working steps or, well just or the,
1: the that people thing. who only attended lgbtq meetings would never get the exposure to know that some people uh are do not hate them just because of their sexual preference and i think the more exposure people get to other people who are understanding and loving is positive. I think that helps them in life and to practice spiritual principles with all people, not just other LGBTQ people. Uh, so let's take a quick break and we'll come right back and hopefully move on to the next comment. This episode has
0: been brought to you by Voices of Hope Inc., a nonprofit grassroots recovery community organization located in Maryland. Voices of Hope is made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, Members strive to protect the dignity and respect of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopececilmd.org
1: Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
0: This is, I think, where the belief that there's a, a loving higher power in charge of all this relates. It's like the thing where if the LGBT person comes into their very first NA meeting and the very first meeting they encounter some racist, you know, anti LGBT redneck who insults gay marriage and tells them they're abomination to God that, you know <laughs> what I mean? They never come to meetings again. Like it's right. You know, we, we have to just trust that there's a, a loving God, you know, in our lives. that's that's working through all of this bigger than, you know, you know, bigger than what my specific situation is, but more back to what you were talking about, you know, we all have things we could do that would better our lives Outside of narcotics anonymous. We know that healthy eating and going to the gym and all those things are great, but that has nothing to do with narcotics anonymous, working the 12 steps, you know, being abstinent from drugs, like all the, those things.
1: No, I hear you. so
0: you know, if we're talking about just within the confines of a 12-step fellowship, an abstinence-based 12-step fellowship where we stop using, lose the desire to use, and find a new way to live. I don't know that open-minded life experiences or or being open-minded, you would hope that would be a result of working the steps. I know for me, it certainly has been. I am way more open-minded now as a result of working steps in my life.
1: But I don't think that's a prerequisite or a requirement. I I agree. No, and I'm with you. And and I can buy that. And and we might have gotten a little out in left field. Maybe I took that (laughs) out to left field a little bit. Um, But I would say that by your theory of a loving higher power, making sure it all gets taken care of. I mean, you could take that to the extent to say, well, why do we have laws against murder? Because we should just trust that a loving higher power is going to make sure it all works out the right way. Like, we need to have laws and rules and traditions still, even though we trust that that loving higher power is going to make it work. And so that's the kind of think where we're at with this talk is the, is this against the tradition of allowing everyone to enter when they want to, if we're having specialty meetings. I think that was kind of, yeah. I don't know.
0: So when I say a loving higher power, I mean specifically to the program, not necessarily out in life. Um, and I guess I would, okay, to to maybe get away from the woo-woo God stuff, because it's kind of a little loose. I said that in language that I thought other people would understand. What I mean to say is, that's how it would apply for me, is within our fellowship, we should be living by spiritual principles of Love, acceptance, humility, honesty, faith, you know, those when I talk about a loving higher power, what I mean is, you know, we should be starting from a place of love and acceptance and trust of others that, you know, the the goodwill of the whole is going to come through over the limited ignorance of a few of our members.
1: Ah, but is it just a few? That's the question. I don't know. So let us we're getting way off. I feel like we're getting too far out there. Uh, Rachel said she has no problem with any meeting, Uh, men's, women, open, closed, doesn't matter to her. Um, And I can appreciate that. And so I asked her, I said, well, if none of that bothered her, would it bother her if they did one for people with only 10 years or more? Um, And she said, nope, I don't think that would bother me. That is something I think I would actually enjoy myself, right? Um, And so I I get that because I have thought that same thing. Damn, I might enjoy that meeting, right, without all the riffraff and the chaos and nobody sharing about their recovery house or, you know, their girlfriend. Well, they might share about their girlfriend still. But I did ask. So when you brought this comment up, like I I said, okay, one, I want to ask this on Facebook. And two, I want to ask somebody who doesn't have that amount of time. How would they feel about that, right? And so I did. I asked a, a buddy of mine, Jason. And I said, how would you feel if there was a meeting that had 10 or more years clean to attend? And he said it would it would make him feel less than. Like, he's got a little more than a year. He's working steps. He's working an NA program. Um, I would say he's got a, a NA message. He, he, you know, lives spiritual principles. He practices these principles in his affairs. And yet he wouldn't be qualified to attend that meeting. And he said it would. It would bother him. It would hurt his feelings. And so I just thought... Generally, when you're talking about creating a certain type of meeting, you got to look at who it's going to affect and ask them, right? Not just who it's going to benefit, but who it's also going to hurt. Well, again, you're saying attend. I mean,
0: anytime you say someone can't attend a meeting, you're violating a tradition. There's a difference. Now, you could say, you know, you have a meeting that not everyone is open to share. It's not an open sharing meeting you know what i mean we have those anyway when you have speaker meetings or when you have a meeting where the speaker picks who gets to share or you have a topic meeting like we do a lot of these things already we just don't always specifically identify them um we have ask the basket meetings some of the ask the basket meetings you get the most benign ask the basket things that have nothing to do with recovery you know what i mean so why is having a specifically catered topic to a meeting any different.
1: I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't I just don't know. I mean, I don't think men's or women's have anything to do with recovery either. I don't think recovery had anything to do with whether I had a penis or a vagina personally. My drug addiction surely didn't.
0: I would disagree. It might have had something to do with that, how I got it. <laughs> okay. So there's always this sort of, you know, maybe not so untalked about, you know guys preying on the newcomer girls and and all those issues that come in and the guys in the halfway house hooking up with the girls in the halfway house and all that shit as a guy it might be nice to go into a meeting and talk more openly about how you're struggling with some of those things and have feedback from other guys without worrying about the criticisms or you know whatever of a female I wouldn't necessarily say that's again I agree that it shouldn't be all you should go to, but it would be nice to have that environment where you feel a little more safe to talk about some of those specific issues that you might have as a young guy in recovery. I had some issues. Okay. So I'll share (laughs) what I mean. So I had some issues when I very first got clean. Um, I had actually had an opportunity to hook up with two different chicks, you know, and said no. And like walked out in the middle of like a situation where, you know, getting ready to get into it with this chick. And I'm like, wait a minute, I I can't do this. I got to get, she was a married person. And you know, somebody I had fooled around with a bunch when I was using, and then I got clean and I'm like, I don't want to live this way anymore. This isn't the person that I'm trying to be now. And, uh, you know, when I feel honest, you know, and now I don't care. But back then, you know, here it was. I had two opportunities to turn down sex as a 25-year-old guy. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And that's actually how I felt at that time. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> like, right. something's going on. I don't know if I like this recovery thing all of a sudden. You know, I'm developing these fucking morals and values that now I'm trying to live by. And that's strange. Um I don't know how comfortable I would have been sharing that in front of a bunch of women. You know what I mean? It would have felt demasculating and if that's even a word, you know.
1: Demasculating, I think.
0: Yeah, whatever that word is, you know. (laughs) Um, It it would have felt awkward and weird as a person new in recovery to share that in a group of non,
1: you know, men. And that probably means it's not meant for the group. That probably means pull up a dude after the meeting and talk to him about it. But
0: I I guess what is the – okay, so – and I would go back here with this particular statement and then the whole concept in general. So what is the harm to you and your personal recovery if we decide on Monday night there's a meeting that deals with specifically women's issues? How is that limiting or – in any way taking away from your opportunity to recover or grow in a fellowship of narcotics Anonymous
1: for me specifically probably zero because i'm not going
0: is that limiting or affecting the opportunity for anyone that you can see is there a is there a i mean besides the most benign like you can only walk to that meeting you have no access to any other meeting anywhere ever And that Tuesday night at eight o'clock is the fucking only remotely possible time in your entire life that you can get to a meeting.
1: So I would say if that situation exists, then it doesn't matter if it affects anybody else, because if it affects that one addict from getting recovery, then that's a fucking problem. And you just loaded that up for (laughs) (laughs) that situation could possibly exist. And then you're keeping somebody from getting clean. How are you
0: keeping them from getting? Because if
1: they show up at the meeting and people say, This is a women's wrap, you don't have to leave tonight, but here's a schedule of how to find a different meeting next week, then even if they can't find a different meeting, there's no, they don't have any other recourse. They can't, what are they going to go back to that meeting that they were just told they weren't welcome at? That's nobody's going to do that, especially not early on.
0: But now you're talking about how that information is presented to the individual and what. Arbitrary rules are being doled out by whoever the gatekeeper is. I mean, when I talk about all this, so, so the way I think about this, and maybe I'm wrong, the way I think about this is these are topic meetings with a specific topic. These are, this is, you know, the men's meeting. We call it a men's meeting. It's a men's topic meeting. These are LGBTQ topic meetings. They're not, this meeting is only limited to men. This meeting is only limited to LGBTQ.
1: That's definitely who they're asking to come. I don't know about the right. LGBTQ meetings. That might be a little more open to anyone and just maybe a safe spot for LGBTQ in particular. I, I'm not completely sure about that. But I think men's and women's wraps are specifically, it's not, hey, this is the topic. Men come share about women at the women's rap. This is we really only want women here. And many meetings are carrying themselves under that umbrella as, hey, yeah, if the newcomer shows up, we're not going to turn you away, but we are going to suggest you're not here again. Like, this is not what we're here for. We're here to have a safe place for women, which I'm not saying is a terrible thing, right? I get, I can understand where minority groups feel like, might feel like they need a safe place. I'm not against that. I do think it might not be right for the newcomer who needs a meeting. And that's the one they can walk to, the situation you just gave. I I don't know. I think that's kind of shitty.
0: So you think the program has a responsibility to – I mean, what about the people that can't make it to meetings on the times that meetings are? What about people that work night shift and there's no day meeting? You know, now we're supposed to open special meetings to accommodate for them because obviously we're not doing a good enough – I don't know. know. So We can't possibly be – available for every person 24 hours a day through a meeting through a meeting online right well there you go so that answers your question to the tuesday night at eight o'clock person i'm just saying when we talk about this the, the the program is not a meeting the program of narcotics anonymous does not exist as that one hour that happens on tuesday night at eight o'clock absolutely not. that is a steps. meeting You know what I mean? The program exists, you know, through the 12 steps and 12 traditions. So if you if someone can't get to a meeting or they go to a meeting, that's not maybe, you know, the meeting they like or on a topic they like or not as welcoming as they think they should be. Maybe they're the only white person in. That's beautiful. Ethnicistic. (laughs) I messed that word up. I can't say it. Or maybe they're the only, you know, female, my home group, for example, tends to be all men. Yep. (laughs) When a woman walks in, she feels completely uncomfortable. That is not by design. That is by no wording of our own. Our meeting is called NA way. We can, it's, you know, there's nothing in there that indicates, but everybody kind of knows this. So when women come in, they feel uncomfortable,
1: um, so we could have men's and women's raps that are on that topic without even having to specify that they are that and they'll turn out that way. Anyway. Well, again, mine
0: it seems to be that anyway. Not that we even want it to be. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, like I We're not even doing that on purpose. If 10 chicks showed up and wanted to, you know, be a part of the group, we would welcome that. You know, we have no
1: problem with any of that. <laughs> like right. That would be fine. Nobody would have an issue. But it doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. I have, but we don't even need to specify <laughs> that people don't need to be there for that to take place. Like, we don't even need to tell women, hey, this is a men's rap. Don't come. It just happens because that's what's required or needed in the area on that night. It just goes that way. Yeah. so what's the harm in just identifying is that? I don't know. I I mean, look, the the women's rap on Monday is closer to my house than the men's rap. And so I will say this. I don't think these meetings exist in an area where there's not plenty of fucking meetings. I don't think that, like, there's... One meeting on Tuesday in a 100-mile radius, and then somebody says, you know what, we need a fucking women's rap on Thursday. <laughs> like, right. generally, there is already a meeting every night of the week for somebody to get to. So I I don't think it's super harmful, honestly. I, it's just kind of a debate of whether it's okay, and we'll get into further why this might matter um, down the line in this talk here. So Rhea says... Uh, I personally don't attend women's meetings unless I asked to share because I don't agree with the segregation and do feel it is a violation of traditions. However, I'm open to the fact that others want those types of meetings. Does not mean I need to attend those. There are so many meetings in our area that a few meetings targeted towards a certain population is not going to affect my recovery. Uh, and Wayne, you know, completely agree with that. And, and I would say I agree. Like generally when these meetings are started as specialty meetings, it's because there is a wealth of other meetings to attend and it's not really negatively impacting people. Is it that people might have to go to a further away meeting because, you know, the one closest to them isn't available? Yeah. But generally in small, you know, localized urban areas where there's a lot of population and a lot of meetings, it's not that big of a hindrance, uh, to go out of your way. Um, Bud says he was on a long vacation months years ago and really needed a meeting. He found a local directory, went to a meeting, it was closed, called the hotline, they gave him an address to another meeting, and the girl told him it was a gay meeting. He needed it, so he went. Uh they, the guys helped him line up some other meetings and, and gave him his phone number to stay connected. Uh he went to another meeting with his friends. Uh, And he asked the guy, he said, hey, why do you feel like you need a meeting specifically for gay men? He was told that gay men felt very uncomfortable sharing in a regular open meeting. He also said that no one was ever turned away except for some people who had been disrespectful and using homophobic slurs. So Bud said he'd never thought about it that way. And he get why how women could feel the same in a women's only meeting as well. They might feel safer, especially a lot of you know, difficulty with men and 13th step and, and predatory behavior and all that great stuff. So, and then he says, I don't see why anyone would object. People always got to throw in there. I yeah, don't right. see why anyone <laughs> would object. Well, because I people have different opinions, <laughs> right. but uh, no, but I do, I do love that he laid this out, but I, I this caught me. So I loved his story that, you know uh gay people did not feel safe i thought that was an important piece of understanding why we have specialty topic meetings as you would call them but i i do want your take on this uh he said you know they felt uncomfortable sharing he also said that no one was ever turned away except for some people who had been disrespectful and used homophobic slurs people are being turned away from this meeting is that okay
0: um, so we have a couple things. And again, if you're representing, if if you're, you're making an assumption here that an NA meeting is representative of the fellowship. And I don't think that's the premise here. If I throw you out of a meeting, that does not mean you cannot be a part of Narcotics Anonymous. Those are different things. A meeting is not the fellowship or the program. It is just a, a piece of something that we do. It's a thing that we do. Um, meetings. What if you, let's say, you know, me and my wife split up and she has to get a restraining order from me and she's at a meeting and I show up there. Does that mean, you know, is that what happens then? One of us has to leave. I have a restraining order. I'm not allowed to be there, but
1: NA is not going to tell you to leave. The law is that's totally different.
0: Well, we ask people with drugs or drug paraphernalia to leave. We ask them to take that outside,
1: not for the person to leave. Oh,
0: uh, you're asking them to leave. <laughs> we ask that people that have used the not choice. share. You know what I mean? We do some of these things.
1: Okay. There have been people
0: share. that have been, uh, and I guess you could say the fellowship doesn't do it, but we expect people to, um, I don't know. I've, I've heard other situations where people have been asked to leave meetings. And I don't necessarily disagree with that because I don't think asking someone to leave a meeting is kicking them out of the fellowship. No one has. See, if you look at the traditions and and this is I wanted to kind of circle back to the first and third tradition and the traditions. So if you look at these traditions as rules that need to be followed, you have kind of one take on them. If you look at them as protections for individuals and as a a loving guiding principle they kind of take on a different feel you know and what i mean by that is when we talk about um our autonomy and we talk about our primary purpose to me those things are inviting these you know people that are you know have different issues these are invite hey we want women men people who aren't sure what their sexual identity is. We don't care what you identify as you can come here and you can find recovery here. And this is a safe place. We guarantee that no one will push you out. Like I look at it more that way, not you have to conform to our um, identity and lose all your personal anonymity. Like it's, I look at it the opposite way of that. Like these (laughs)
1: And and so uh, I do want to get back to that. Like uh, after we get through the Facebook comments, I looked up some stuff about traditions, and it kind of I want to say that's not totally far off from where I was getting a little different take on them this time reading them. Oh, but (laughs) but no, but I do want to say I I feel like early on you kind of started in a place where like, hey, these meetings aren't turning anyone away, and that's why you know that's not my experience. They're not turning people away, and kind of you know protecting. The fact that we can have specialty meetings because they're just topics and they don't turn people away. But now I it seems like you've kind of gone to, it's okay to turn people away from a meeting as long as they're not turned away from the program itself.
0: I don't know that it's, I would say that it's okay. It happens. I mean, I'm sure it, mm-hmm. it ha- I mean, as you mentioned in your earlier posts with the very first guy that made a comment, you know what I mean? Does it happen? Yes. Do you feel like it's the norm?
1: No. Right.
0: You know what I mean? And I think... And again, we are paraphrasing, like now we're getting it third hand from Bud on a experience he remembers from someone else. So right. we don't even know specifically, you know, does he have specific examples of how many people they've turned away? And, you know, we're, we're
1: if somebody used a homophobic, it's kind of getting
0: back to the same thing of I heard from a friend right. that this happened. Well, I'm not saying it isn't possible or it didn't happen. But do I think that that's, like, the norm and that's what's happening all the time? No, I don't think that's what's happening all the time.
1: If someone used a homophobic or racist slur in your home group, would your home group ask them to leave? And and I don't think so. Right. What if you had a home group member that was openly uh, of a different, you know, ethnicity and also a different sexual preference would your home group then find it important to ask a a new person in the meeting that shared like that to leave or at least mention that that's not okay maybe you don't have to ask them to leave right away well i think people would
0: have i think people would definitely talk to them about it not being okay um i don't know that anyone in my home group would i'm trying to think
1: just curious yeah interesting. so while you think about that let's go Chris, yeah <laughs> <All right. laughs> well but i think in a meeting that's lgbtq it's much easier to say hey you can't say that here because you know we have a majority here this is kind of like our safe protected area which i'm not saying is a bad thing and yeah. per se it's just interesting that that's a different dynamic um So Christine says, I think some people feel more comfortable sharing more personal things in certain meetings. My home group is LGBTQ, but all are welcome. Someone once told me, if you don't like gay marriage, don't marry the same sex. Same thing applies to special interest meetings. If you don't like them, don't go. Uh, That's cool until you start. I mean, I don't know. That's all right when you're the one included, I guess. When you're not on the inside of that, it feels a little different, right? Uh, yeah if they had a meeting for people who had 10 years plus clean wouldn't bother the fuck out of me i got 10 plus years clean sure no problem mm-hmm. at all if they had a meeting for people with 30 plus years clean i might be offended and <laughs> not going
0: i think if they had those meetings i would be like man i need to stay clean longer oh I fuck can go. that I would, I would go
1: get- and root through all the- yeah fuck, i meant your fucking 30 plus meeting what are you gonna do about it <laughs> But
0: see, then that's what I mean, though. That's all ego. That's all that is, is ego. It needs to be about me. What about me? I need mine. I'm not going to get mine. It's all fear-based, ego. You know, there's plenty of recovery. There is plenty of Narcotics Anonymous. The beauty of the traditions and all this is that they protect and guarantee that it is for everyone. You know, it's not
1: limiting. How is it not ego to think that we need a meeting just for people with 30 plus years? How is that not ego? To think, oh, that newcomer has nothing to share that's going to help me. I'm not going to get anything out of this meeting unless it's for people with only 30 plus years. That's ego too. I don't take that out
0: of a meeting with 30 plus years. You're taking that out of a meeting with 30 plus years. What's it for then? What I hear is, hey, guess what? At 30 years clean, I have some different issues than that fucking guy that just walked in the door in his recovery.
1: And that's ego to think that you have different issues that people with 10 don't have. Or that someone else hasn't already experienced just because you think you have to have a certain amount of time to get that. I think that is also ego. Well, you could be talking about
0: life issues, aging issues, relationship issues. Which people with five issues. days clean could
1: have if they're your age, if they're in your career with your amount of time in your career. Like I just I think all that is ego. Every last piece of it. I think no ego means everybody's connected and we don't need any segregation or diver- or, or or separation. And so I think the same thing you're saying, yeah, it might be my ego that says, fuck them dudes having that meeting. I can't attend is the same thing going on with them. Having that meeting in the first so there's place. There's a
0: difference with, e- so what you're calling, I guess, ego, maybe I would think of more as humility. So we are all different in our life, in our experiences. Um, the application of these principles in general, you know, you can we've always sort of made the joke and I think you and I have talked about this when you hear people share you can almost pick out how much time they have sometimes by certain things that they say you know what I mean you can almost figure out, oh yeah that person's about here maybe not in years but on steps or whatever I think in general that's probably an egoy thing to say but <laughs> you know what I mean like you can sure it's not humble yeah. <laughs> no not in this case. Well, okay, so what is the difference between ego and humble? I
1: don't know all the yeah, time. So man.
0: humble is an honest um not making yourself better than or less than. Yeah. Ego is saying that I deserve, I should have, I need. It's about
1: me. I That's need a meeting difference. for thirty plus year people. Ego.
0: Well, if you say it that way, if that's your motivation, then yes, that is ego.
1: What else is the motivation for making it? The humble person I says, want to create
0: a meeting where people that have a longer lived experience- We wrote a fucking specific book about it. What do you think the, the new, uh, what's it, We Do Recover book is about? They specifically went out and wrote a book that was designed for people with- longer amounts of clean time because we realized that we didn't have that within our fellowship. Even there was a recognition. they At the World Conference, they voted on it as a need. They said, this is a thing that we need because it is lacking in our fellowship. So was that ego-based that we decided that we needed that?
1: It was ego to think that that book was only going to help people with lots of time because it helps everyone because it's incredible information.
0: <laughs> it is, but there is... I would say information in there that is more specifically catered towards people with time.
1: I I'm not that- saying it
0: can't help. Okay. So if, if, and again, this is me, <laughs> if I had a meeting that said, okay, it's people with 30 more a year, 30 years or more can share. I wouldn't limit it to just, I wouldn't say we don't want people with less time. No. If you have fucking three years, five years, 10 years, come sit, listen, hopefully you'll get something out of this. Hopefully you'll grow and change and
1: learn. You know, but. I dig it, bro. Listen, that <laughs> book, right? They probably designed it and said this is going to affect people with time way more because it really deals with their niche, right? In this. And I don't think it did that. I think it helps everyone the same. Just the same way when I read the basic text with three months clean, it meant one thing to me. And now when I read it again, it means something completely different to me. The same exact words, because all this recovery stuff can affect us, right? I don't think their purpose might have been out of ego or or thinking that we needed special, you know, words for people of a certain amount of time. I don't think it worked out that I think it worked out in a beautiful way where everybody gets the same thing from, or not the same thing, but everybody gets usefulness out of it in a different way. I learn more from my five-year-old and a baby frequently than I do from people who have also have clean time as much as me, right? I learn things from all over. the person with a week clean who who's got the insight to remind me of something that I need to know in my life, right? The guy who had just over a year who who I asked about would you go to a meeting uh, men's wraps and and how do you feel about a meeting with more than 10 years jason he had a very spiritual response to all this that like kind of put me in my place a little bit right cuz i wasn't being so spiritual in that moment i was asking him my 5 year old who just shows me ways to be innocent and loving like i think it's very egotistical to think that i need a specialty meeting for an amount of time to get that kind of information And so that's where, when we talk about
0: our diversity being our strength, yes. like that is, <laughs> but it's making the point. It's like, okay, if all you're ever around is your five-year-old, you're going to be lacking in some skills. Absolutely. If you can't find a, a safe place to get the influence and the uh, input and application of these principles, you know, through adults, then you're going to be lacking in your recovery. Uh, yeah. And I and I don't know. So a I don't meeting disagree. where it's catered around, you know, maybe different life experiences or or different uh application of these principles or, you know, different uh ways of lifestyles, like how those principles are applied, only enhances our experience. It it only helps to to further like an understanding of the principles.
1: Right. So the the last guy on here, and I don't disagree with anything you just said, uh, the last guy on the comments said it was John. He said at a 30,000 foot view, which I don't know if he's a pilot uh, <laughs> or, or he just feels very separated from this, not emotionally tied down. I'm really not sure. But he said at a 30,000 foot view, I think that all meetings should be for all people. Our strength is in our diversity. We need to make sure that we don't start dividing ourselves up into factions. With that said, I understand the appeal of men's meetings, women's meetings, LGBTQ meetings, etc. But in my humble opinion, if someone that doesn't fit in the specific profile shows up, they shouldn't be denied a meeting. And in most cases, I don't think they are. For me, sponsorship families enable us to get our same-sex meeting fixed and share about the issues we don't want to discuss in an open forum. And we can find other avenues to get support for other feelings and challenges that we may face for other reasons. Uh, This tended to be a good wrap up for the kind of way I felt before we went into this topic, for sure. Uh, I don't understand why. Look, it doesn't even. Okay, so maybe I don't want to share about, you know, um, sleeping around in an open meeting and it would be more comfortable in a men's wrap. Right. Maybe there's just shit that isn't meant for an open meeting. It doesn't matter if it's a men's rap uh, open meeting for all people and LGBTQ. Maybe if I'm not comfortable sharing it in an open meeting, I should keep that shit and share it with just my network or just my sponsor. Maybe it's not meant for a goddamn meeting. Like that's my take on that. When you say, oh, we should be able to share these at certain specialty meetings. I'm like, "Well, well, maybe you shouldn't. I don't necessarily mean you should only be able to share
0: them. What I mean is it's, it's a little easier. It's more comfortable. It's safer. You know, you're, I, I always, again, go back to I think the idea is to make things more inviting, like the, the broader our, our base, you know, the more people we can reach. Right. You know, the safer we can make it for people that are discriminated against or, you know, that feel not a part of or that feel less connected, like the broader we can make that net, the more of those people we can bring in. And then, of course, you hope that by bringing them in, they recognize that this does work for everyone or anyone. You know, the love that's here can be shared amongst all of us. But maybe what it takes, you know, to help break down some of those barriers of, you know, fear and and self-loathing and lack of self-worth and all those things that do still affect people with a lot of time that affect newcomers as much as they affect old timers. You know, you get old timers that, you know, they feel totally disconnected from the program because the shit the kids are talking about nowadays didn't even fucking exist 20 years ago. You know, the drugs that are out there and what people were doing and and the way people were living, like that was unfathomable, right. you know, even 20 years ago and technology's done passed you by. And, you know, there are issues that are just unique to, people in their lives and i don't i guess understand why as long as the the groups are following the traditions and the steps why it matters if they have specialty topic meetings why it's going to be so uh looked at as so exclusive versus inclusive
1: and so i guess for me that's this is where that takes us to something we kind of Slightly touched on earlier. I don't. Hey, I don't consider this a topic meeting. This is a meeting who is telling you who should and should not come to it. Um, I, it's not like, a, hey, we're going to have a, a step meeting, right? I mean, people who don't work steps obviously come to those meetings. They're not saying only people who work steps should be here. Um, these are meetings that aren't about a specific. It's not the, the topic is not women. The topic is uh, narcotics anonymous meeting, but women are the ones here you know, it's, it's telling you who's coming. It's not really the topic. So I, I think when you say it's just a specialty topic meeting that throws me off a little bit because it's not really, is it the topic sort of, but it's also telling you who who's really welcome or, or wanted at this meeting.
0: Okay. So, so if you had a men's rap meeting and a female biologically showed up that identified as a male
1: and that's that where the world would be welcome.
0: I, you know
1: what I mean? Like, who knows make, anymore?
0: Well, I'm just saying, I'm saying that, The idea of, a to me, and I'm just giving my thing, like the opinion of a a men's rap meeting. like It's not meant to say, oh, can we check your dick at the door? And if you don't have one, you got to leave. I'm definitely doing ball taps. That is definitely not the intention. (laughs) You know what I mean? That is not the intention
1: of that meeting. I'm starting a men's meeting and we are not doing (laughs) hugs. We're doing ball taps at the door just to make sure you're welcome. Right. No, I no, I get it. And look, if I was ever a part of a men's rap, it would absolutely be. I don't give a fuck who you are. If you show up, come to a meeting. Right. Because I'm just an inclusive person, but I have that freedom to be inclusive because I'm also a white guy. Right. I am right. the norm. I don't have to feel that unsafeness right. of, of being a minority. I don't
0: understand racism. I mean, I don't I, I can't say that I've ever experienced that in my life. You know what I mean? I don't understand what it's. What it's like to be uh, criticized, you know, as a minority. Like I don't, and and some of this, it was kind of I don't say fun, but it was interesting to go back and read like the history of AA. They've had a similar history with with specialty meetings and stuff too, and there was a lot of, you know, uh, pushback from people. Um, but you know, if you didn't know back when AA first started, they didn't let women into meetings. They weren't right. even allowed. They ran them out. And then it was the same with, you know, blacks or African-Americans. They ran them out of meetings or said, you, well, you can come, but you got to sit in the back and not share. So those groups went and formed meetings and pushed through, you know, that, that exclusion, they, they pushed through and they created women's only meetings. They created, you know, uh, minority meetings. They created these LGBTQ meetings and, you know, through that, they were able to grow and prosper. And the fellowship itself, I believe, has benefited from that.
1: Well, and, and so, you know, for anyone who does not think there should be specialty meetings, I say, look at the case of like Sex Addicts Anonymous or Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, where the opposite sex, at times, because not everybody's of, you know, a regular uh, sexual preference, right? not every, a regu- I should have said regular, sorry, <laughs> yeah. of the the normative, <laughs> you know, sexual <laughs> preference or yourself. the heterosexual, right? Well, I want to be inclusive. I'm not yeah, trying right. to be rude to anyone. Um, so in those fellowships where oftentimes, you know, the opposite sex is your drug of choice, it would be like saying, Hey, we can have heroin in the meetings with the heroin addicts. Like that's dangerous. So is it safer for them to have only men's and women's meetings? Or, or at least to have them exist for people who feel triggered uh, by being around, you know, their particular uh, quote unquote drug of choice. Like we also have to think about all these exclusions and, and cases that might affect it. So I want to kind of go through this is some stuff I pulled out of traditions. None of it. I looked for a tradition, a, a statement in our literature, something that explained that this was wrong. Right. I wanted to have the final evidence. <laughs> uh, none of this. I will say none of this did that for me. Right. I, I definitely kind of like you were talking about earlier, I sort of had a different take on the traditions from looking at more of it. I do want to hear your response or, or the way you feel about it. So tradition one talks about uh, and these are quotes from our literature. You know, tradition one is our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on na unity. These meetings sort of to me don't promote unity. They kind of promote division a little bit. The quotes, it says, our purpose is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. I can see where these meetings still do that. Our traditions are the guidelines that protect us from ourselves, right? And that's what I thought was interesting. It says they are our unity. The traditions are our unity. They protect us from ourselves. So which side of this debate is ourselves fucking it up is the real question, right? Are we we being... Are we saying, hey, we do need these specialty meetings and it's OK because people are safe here, but we're messing up our unity in doing that and we're not protecting us from ourselves? Or are we are the people who are arguing against it saying, no, you shouldn't have that. Just put these people in every meeting. Are they the ones fucking up the unity? Who is it? Is that a question? I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, so I would say can you answer it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I, I mean, I can give you my take on it. So. Again when it comes back to what I consider the program which is the steps and the mm. traditions you know that's I believe what our literature says is anybody that follows these steps and these traditions can find this new way to live and that the the spirit of the first tradition is to say that as long as we keep our you know eye on living by the steps living by the traditions that this will work for you, that you can stop using, lose the desire to use, and find a new way to live. And if the, again, this is playing out that the groups maybe that have these specialty meetings are still following uh, traditions, you know, as they understand them to the best of their ability, that they are doing that. You know, they're, they're creating a safe environment That is primarily focused on helping sick and suffering addicts find a
1: new way to live. And so that kind of ties us into tradition three, because the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop using. Right. And I've heard you say many times today that you consider the program and the meeting different, which I agree with. Right. I'm not against that. I do think they are different things. I personally think tradition three applies to both right? The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop using no home group that I've been a part of has ever been able to tell someone they could not join that home group. Mm -hmm. They chose to join that home group as soon as they said they were a member, right? So these are some of the quotes about tradition three, and there's quite a few of them. So bear with me. Desire is our only requirement. Addiction does not discriminate. This tradition is to ensure that any addict, regardless of drugs, used race, religious belief, sex, sexual preference, or financial condition, is free to practice the N.A. way of life, does not say come to a meeting, says practice the N.A. way of life. All addicted persons are welcome and equal in obtaining the relief that they are seeking from their addiction. Every addict can recover in this program on an equal basis. Again, only says program, does not say meeting, but to me, this applies to a meeting too, because if you Hold on. Let me finish. them, <laughs> and Then I'll say that we feel that the ideal state for our fellowship exists when addicts can come freely and openly to an N.A. meeting whenever and wherever they choose and leave just as freely. Right. That definitely does say meeting. And so we have these groups that are saying uh, maybe you're not so freely able and openly able to come to these particular meetings Um but more of what I'm getting at with this is you keep saying that the program and the meeting is different, which I agree. I'm not arguing that they're not. They are. But if I want to get clean in my hometown neighborhood and for whatever reason, maybe I'm like the only person of color in, in a very judgy area, maybe such as this, right? Who knows? And at some point in time, like AA did not allow women or did not allow people of color into their meetings, How do I get the program if I can't attend the meetings to find the program? How would I ever get it? What am I supposed to like? That was pre-internet. How are those people ever going to find AA or NA if the only meetings around were specialty meetings that didn't allow them, which at that time was every meeting that didn't allow them. They were all specialty. Right. So I just, I'm Um, looking at that, like how, if people couldn't, if people aren't able to find the program. Because they can't get to the meeting that talks about the program because the meeting is saying we're a women's meeting. You're not welcome here. Or you can come for one time, but, you know, go somewhere else next week. If people can't get to the program, then how can they be a part of that if the meeting is supposed to be kind of like our local introduction to that?
0: Well, at least for now, what I see is these what I'll call specialty meetings are pretty limited percentage of meetings in any area there seems to be a lot more that are just open you know meetings uh that aren't specifically geared towards special interest um you know if and again getting back to that one person that says all right the only possible way i can get to a meeting is this one that i can walk to on tuesdays at eight o'clock <laughs> and the only one on tuesday at eight o'clock is a specialty meeting i mean i don't know what do people do in completely remote areas where they don't even have a meeting every day you know a- we
1: got an ip for that yeah <laughs> right. loner staying clean in isolation <laughs> well, there you go that's then, awful it's stupid yeah, too. It's-
0: <laughs> well and nowadays it's way more it would be need oh to be rewritten God. and updated right. because there are way more potential
1: jump know, on an internet conference things,
0: but I guess you know the.
1: So I don't want to take you too far off, but this exact quote here. We feel that the ideal state for our fellowship exists when addicts can come freely and openly to an NA meeting whenever and wherever they choose and leave just as freely. Do you feel that women's and men's meetings and and of the such and meetings for people with 30 plus years or whatever the hell, young people, what else do we find? Uh, Couples meetings, agnostic, illness and recovery. Do you feel people can come freely and openly to any of those meetings whenever they choose?
0: Well, again, you're reading that statement different than the way that I hear it. When I hear that, it says the ideal state. What I hear that to be is what we hope would happen is that there would be enough meetings 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that any addict on any day could find a meeting Hmm. that they could go to. That's what I hear when you first read that. I don't hear like the the drawing the line in the sand rule there, I hear a spiritual ideology of love that says, you know, wouldn't it fucking be great? Wouldn't it be awesome? If, you know, a sponsee called you up and said, Hey man, I'm really struggling. And you said, you know what? Let me come pick you up. There's a meeting around the corner.
1: Ladies so, and gentlemen, this is a prime example of <laughs> how, when you have a belief and you go and get information, you take that information and mold it to your belief not the other way around, (laughs) right? You're not molding your belief around the information available. You're actually molding the information available to what you already believed internally ahead of time. And that is why we are reading the same exact line of a sentence and hearing it differently in our heads because we had different beliefs going in.
0: And that's what, so we had talked about this. I said, I wanted to get online yesterday and start commenting (laughs) to a bunch of people and not to try to make anyone right. I, I, I mean, I know I do that too. There is that in I recognize in myself the inherent nature to want to be right and to convince everyone how yeah, right I don't I am. see how
1: anyone would think differently.
0: <laughs> but I also like I'm I'm get curious sometimes. Like I read something and I hear some, you know, thing and then like you say, someone reads the exact same thing and hears something very different. Mm. And And of course, there's that little side of me that wants to be like, well, they're seeing that way wrong. But I also sometimes wonder, like, how do you get to that state? You know, how do you how do you hear, you know, again, when we talk about our traditions and things like I look at them as this really open thing that's there to protect people and encourage people and inspire people to like, Hey, come here, try this, do this. Right. You know, we want you to come. We want you to feel safe. We want you to feel like this is a place that will work for you. When everyone else has told you you're a piece of shit and this won't work and you'll never do it. And you're never going to be nothing. We're the place that says, come, we want you here. We want you to be a part of this. You can do this. If you just live this way, you'll fucking find freedom from addiction and a new way of life. Like, that's what I hear when I hear these traditions of unity and, you know, because...
1: I hear you. I hear you. So I, I went on tradition five, said some stuff. Uh, each group has but one primary purpose to carry message to the act that still suffers. Obviously I, I couldn't figure out how these meetings didn't still carry that purpose out, especially if they were a safe environment where a woman or a person of color or, you know, an LGBTQ member, would not go to a regular meeting and they only felt safe in these particular meetings. Then I felt like these meetings did fit our primary purpose to carry the message to the addict who still (laughs) suffers. Right. So I'm I'm reading through, I'm seeing this Uh, tradition 12 of course is where our diversity is our strength. That's where that comes from. Um, Tradition one talked about that the diversity enriches the fellowship and gives rise to new and creative ways to reach addicts who need our help. And I was like, Oh fuck like that new and creative ways specialty (laughs) meeting. Right. This is where I start. It starts fucking with my head. I know. And then tradition one said this, and this is what really fucked me up last night, Billy, or two nights ago. I think it said, uh, With an attitude of open-mindedness, we seek to understand other perspectives. And I was like, you bitches got me. (laughs) So uh, at that moment, I said, oh, man. Okay, so I don't, from that point, I don't have an issue with the meetings, right? This is where I got to, though, in all of this. If we don't draw the line at not being able to have specialty meetings at all, where can we draw the line? Once you say that, okay, we have men's raps, women's raps, LGBTQ, youth, couples, agnostic, illness and recovery. And according to the NA literature, a pills meeting, whatever the yeah. hell that is, yeah. terrifies the hell out of me, right? I don't know when we're going to have a Suboxone meeting of, of yeah. Narcotics Anonymous. Um, where do you draw the line? If you don't draw it at none, where do you draw it? Because I feel like we're going to have uh, hate groups, that are calling themselves NA meetings. I feel like that's possible. Maybe not. Maybe we're all spiritual enough that that doesn't exist. Right. But I feel like this can be used against us to hinder us mm-hmm. and said, Oh, well you have men's meetings and women's meetings and all this. Why can't we have our specialty meeting of what we believe in? So where do you draw the line? If you don't draw it at the beginning, that's me? my problem. I guess. I mean,
0: if you're asking me specifically, sure. it's- yes,
1: well you're the only one here,
0: yeah, so <laughs> I don't know if that was a general question, but um, I would say I I mean like, you know the gentleman earlier mentioned about a gingers only meeting. I mean me personally, I wouldn't object to it. I don't know if that's what you want to do if you can get enough people there and they support it and you're following the traditions and you only want people with red hair there <laughs> have at it. why it's it again, to me, it's not limiting or affecting or impairing my ability to recover in Narcotics Anonymous. And as far as I know, I can't directly see a way that it's impacting or affecting anyone else's ability to recover in Narcotics Anonymous. Um, If you have hate groups, I mean, I guess if they're threatening violence, you have some areas there that might be. But if you said, you know, we want to have a... Hispanics only meeting in Narcotics Anonymous, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. So if I don't have a problem with a Hispanics only me or a Hispanics, Spanish speaking, whatever you want to call it, you know, right. Latin American, whatever, you know, we want to cater it towards those issues. Um, I, I personally don't have a problem with it. So if I don't have a problem with that, then do I have a problem with a white people's only meeting? And I would say no. I mean, just ah, me. Yeah,
1: you know no.
0: I don't have a problem with one. So, in my worldview, it would be uh, hypocritical to have a problem with another.
1: Yeah, this is definitely an argument that I feel like I could get into with a lot of people in Cecil County. And I don't think you're much like the people in Cecil County, so don't take offense right. to that. Yeah,
0: okay. um, but oh, I no. understand how hairy that <laughs> is to say. That's why I went the one
1: way first. Right. Well, no, but I. so I think, and we've kind of mentioned this, like when you talk about meetings for minorities, that's a safe space, right? The minority is not what's getting the most attention normally, right? It's kind of like having... Oh well, we got Black History Month. Why don't we have White History Month? Every fucking month is 98% ninety-eight percent White History Month, right? Uh, you know, well, we have B.E.T. television. Why don't we have W.E.T.E.T. television? Well, because ninety-five percent of what's on TV is already for white people. Like it's it's not that we can't have white interest groups. It's just that's kind of already what the fucking interest is. Like we don't need to have specialty groups for you to have. A version of your culture represented right these these minority groups are specialized because people don't have versions of their culture represented anywhere and so that's kind of my argument against why do we have we need i don't know but i would me.
0: say then are we sort of generally saying na is not for the racist. Like, racists aren't welcome here. I mean, Narcotics Anonymous isn't for those people to, for
1: saying it's all
0: inclusive no, to everyone all the time. No, it's absolutely, sure. Everyone all the time yeah. means people I don't like, means people I don't agree with. Oh, hey, and we're
1: not the Christian church. We're not turning people it's away. Maybe
0: fucking better if they have their own meeting and they all go over there <laughs> and share by themselves. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's maybe. a safe place for them to be to keep us safe.
1: You know, maybe, maybe Dude, and I don't we're not... like
0: it. I don't th- I, you know, again, I wouldn't support it. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't encourage people that I sponsored to go there you well, know? because but, it's not a way that I want to live, but, but
1: here's where I thought, mean I
0: think that it shouldn't be
1: right. Here's where I thought Mike had a really good point of if he comes to the fellowship and his entire exposure has been uh, maybe an upbringing that's around racist family members who, you know, don't like homosexual individuals uh, and he doesn't want to live that way anymore. How does he gain exposure and understanding and sensitivity to people of that nature? If they're all over at some other meeting that he's not going to explore, then that's where I think he had a really good point of like, this is where we learn to be sensitive and respect other people and understand that they're way more like us than they are different. It's easy to sit in my house and say, Oh my God, if you got brown skin or if you're got a vagina, you're way different than me. But when I hear you talk and you express very, very similar feelings, I'm like, Oh fuck. Like you're a lot like me.
0: And I would say again, being in an area that's had a few different, I'm not in a bigger area where they have a ton of them, but maybe you remember from the area you were in before, I mean, do, you know, these different, uh, like all the men in the area don't go to the men's only meeting.
1: No, know? none of them do. All the women, yeah, right. None <laughs> it It's like four of them.
0: All em. the women in the women's, you know, in the area don't go to the only the women's meeting. There's plenty of these other people. There's plenty of diversity in the other meetings that it's not like the only representative of that community you get is that special interest meeting.
1: There is definitely men and women who, who, you know, go to the majority of meetings and and probably LGBTQ. It's not as openly represented or obvious. Like, I don't really know who the hell's gay just by looking at them. So I can't tell you. I mean, I'm sure there's probably people in a lot of meetings that, uh, you know, have a different preference. I guess uh, I don't know. I don't know though. Maybe you want them to
0: wear letters. So we know. So no, they can be representative no, no, no. of the
1: community. Good God. <laughs> no, I
0: just mean all of them. You got to wear different letters on your shirt to let you know. I don't want to represent anything. Represent. <laughs> I will fuck <laughs> that representation all know. up
1: quickly. Um,
0: but no, that's, you know, again, the the I tend to be, you know, all inclusive. Like, yeah, if you're going to have specialty topic. And I, again, I call them topic meetings. I go back to this. So in, Again, I did some reading of my own, and, and <laughs> I went on. NA has a bulletin number eighteen that sort of vaguely addresses some of this, and, and AA has a bulletin that vaguely addresses some of this. Both fellowships, in general, seem to believe that there's no direct conflict to any traditions or you know the steps or the traditions that would vo- special interest meetings violate. That in, in their experience between the two fellowships, there's no direct like, oh, this is a direct violation of our traditions. Right. Um, and, you know, in the basic text, it says there are two basic types of meeting, those open to the general public and those closed to the public for addicts only. Meeting formats vary widely from group to group. Some are participation meetings, some speakers, some are question and answer, and some focus on special problem discussions. So, you know, that's where when I talk about them being special problem discussions or special topic meetings, I tend to think that's what they should be. And in respect to those things, you know, you would hope that people that didn't fall into those discussions or topics would know. The truth is we do have a spirit in this program of anonymity that, you know, is in all of our traditions and all of our steps that says that. I don't have to identify myself as anything when I go to any meeting. I can just go say my name's Bill and I'm an addict right. and I can sit there as freely as I want. And no one has a right to tell me to leave and no one has a right to question whether I identify myself as a female, whether I identify myself as LGBT queue whether you know maybe you could question whether i'm african-american or hispanic because i don't necessarily have the look but even then there's some you know you know you'd have to start making some assumptions that you don't necessarily know you don't know how i was raised or what culture i was in or if i was adopted into a different culture right you know in the spirit of anonymity you would hope would carry through the meetings to where uh we aren't running people out of these
1: meetings that would be wrong you know in any context and and so I think that's a, a beautiful thing. I, I hope people are never getting turned away from exposure to recovery because I think we desperately need it. By the time we're willing to show up, um, and so I hope that everybody is welcome, no matter what meeting format you get. I, I do think if you listen to this podcast long enough, we are going to become well researched, trying to prove <laughs> each other wrong. Um, I, I will I will consent on this one. I, I will you know say hey I had a much stronger opinion about this years ago. I've been way softer on it since and kind of like, I don't think these meetings are going anywhere for one thing. Uh, and and even I think this conversation and the research I did put in to get to this conversation, I'm even way softer on it now. It's very much a, you know, this probably isn't affecting my recovery in any kind of way. Am I going to go? Probably still not because I just don't have any interest. Uh, call it my own issue. Maybe I want some eye candy in a meeting and I don't get that in <laughs> the right. draft too often except our buddy, Aaron, he's kind of cute. <laughs> mentor um, But yeah, in general, this doesn't really affect me. And I, I can see how it could really help some people to find a safe place to talk. And so I, that's where I got out of this. I, I'm pretty open, even further opened to the idea of this being all right.
0: And it would be beautiful if in our society in the next I'm going to wishfully say 10 years, maybe longer that uh, people don't feel a need for that. Like, I think it's a shame. I think it's, it's sad that, you know, different groups of people within this country feel so persecuted or so uh, isolated or alone or disconnected from others that, you know, they feel like they can only relate or reflect within their individual groups. I Mm. I would hope that, you know, we can all be open enough to everyone's struggles that you know our meetings aren't that people feel safe that people feel loved that they feel supported enough to to share their experiences with each
1: other i think you got at least 20 maybe 30 years before society (laughs) hits that we gotta wait for a generation to Mm, possibly not be here (laughs) hey maybe it's corona's taking care of it (laughs) right on that note uh thanks for listening hopefully you didn't listen this long to hear any of that stuff and we'll see you next week that wraps up this episode please subscribe rate and review this podcast on your preferred platform if you have ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about or just want to add an opinion contact us through anchor email us at recovery sort of at gmail.com or find us on Twitter. At recovery, sort of.